Welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Insiders on Reality Pop. We're here to talk about everything with the challenge. Episode four, and I did get confused because I jumped onto the MTV Canada website and it said episode five. So I don't know if it's episode five or actually episode four that we're talking about. Um, I feel like they are looking at the, the first episode that I thought wasn't an actual episode as something that is actually a part of it. But we all know what we're talking about. And I'm going to go over to my right-hand man here. Um, we'll call ourselves screw from here on because we're both color coordinated he's got the bear on his chest and i've got the champion on our chest so okay. um drew how are you doing i'm doing pretty good um also with my burgundy hat i'm just like ron burgundy ready to talk about oh. the challenge keeping it classy <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get nice. messy <laughs> no, I'm keeping it classy. Fessy can keep it messy. <laughs> and we've also got with us, as always, Chantel. Chantel, how are you doing? I'm great. I mean, I love the challenge. It's always fun to talk about. Even like bad challenges, really, still pretty good challenge. I I love this episode, even though I hated this episode. You know, it's just all the feels. I remember watching <laughs> the whole thing, and I was like, okay, is this like what? Like nothing's happened. Like what? Where's is that the big fight? Like we weren't sure what was going on and then at the end we're like okay <laughs> this episode delivered in the end so i definitely it took me on a ride and i enjoyed every minute of it i was just gonna say you coming in here with the hot takes not liking the episode because in my <laughs> opinion this was probably the best episode of the season so far and um, like myself and drew sort of said before we went live here it just delivered on all fronts right and um it had the show is so good at telling its storylines now that they kind of sort of premise what's going to happen an episode or two beforehand, you know, with Amber coming in, we always knew that there were going to be a certain element of Fessy not trusting Amber, but we also find out a lot more here of the dynamic between Fessy, Casey and um, Josh. And really Josh is number three in that picking order. You know, he's not being respected. I feel like the same way, like the Casey and Fessy relationship, they seem to be the really two tight people at the top that make the decisions. And Josh, I think tonight got a bit of a rude awakening. But also with Josh, I had to, I was like biting my tongue and in shock how I was feeling about him. I'm like, is Josh the voice of reason in this episode? Like, what? what is happening before the end, obviously? But, like, at one point when he was talking to Devin in the club, and I was like, wow, like, Josh is making sense. I agree with what Josh is, say Josh is saying. Like, what, are we in another dimension? What is going on here? I'm team Josh. That was the general consensus on my week's uh, review and recaps uh, comment section was everybody was like, I cannot stand Josh, but this episode, he makes so much sense. Like he is understanding the game. What is happening? Like everybody was blaming Fessy for us starting to like Josh because of this episode. And I think that's where people are getting even more frustrated with Fessy. Um, but yeah, Josh was, Josh was on point this episode. Like it, reason it is interesting. Yeah, it was crazy. It was good. Like, has he found the secret sauce to making the challenge people love him? It's you've got to just bag on Fessy, go against Fessy, you know, and everybody is going to jump on board with the Josh train. And also the fact that, you know, one of the things I like about Josh, and, and I wasn't that similar boat to you, Chantel, like I was not a fan of Josh and Big Brother. I didn't like his win. I was a I was a Paul fan. And I know a lot of that's a lot of controversy around Paul as well, but I like Paul more than Josh. And I was not a fan of Josh when he won at all. I thought, you know, messy player um came into the challenge didn't like him season after season but one thing you cannot take away from josh and and, and i think i kind of 
pointed to that in the previous episode. He is putting in a lot of effort. He is trying to better himself physically to do the challenge. And that's admirable because if you look back a couple of seasons ago, he wasn't in the same shape as he is now. Now, will he ever have that natural athletic ability? I don't know. I mean, they could have won this last one. It was pretty close between Amber, Josh, Fessy, and Esther. So respect on his name there. But the key thing here for Josh really is the fact that he's showing a more of a willingness to be flexible and work with people across alliances, work with Devin. You see him in this episode talking with the, the young Bucks, with Nelson and with Corey, having conversations about, um, you know, what happened between Devin and Kyle. And we'll obviously get into that. Um, you know, so Josh, to me, he's just showing that he is someone that is willing to be flexible. He's willing to do different things and mold his game. And, um, you know, if he continues down this trend and if it continues on, like, I think he's going to become more and more like, I mean, yes, I can see your face. They should tell he has the blow ups, but doesn't that make for good TV, though? <laughs> I don't know what to say here. I just, I feel like I'm not even allowed to speak because I don't know if I want to speak what I want to say. Say it. Just say it. <laughs> say it. We, we love the realness. It's in your name, Reality Realness. <laughs> Big Brother Alliance, the, this most strategic member is Josh. And he's probably the most valuable member of the Big Brother Alliance. Dare I say that? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't, that's what I feel though. I do think that he's the most strategic. I do feel that he has an understanding for the game. I think he's learned, like before he was always looking for the fights in a way just to put him in front of the, in the center of attention. He was even doing this in the last few episodes this season, but this seems to be something that clicked. I don't know if it's him hanging out with Devin Moore and, and getting more of the strategic side of things, but I do think that I, I literally don't mind him the most out of Big Brother. And obviously Amber. I like Amber. I and, think, and, and what a... Sorry, you go ahead, Drew. No, I was going to say, to to go into the uh, why Fessy and Casey might be closer, they were on the same season of Big Brother, I believe. No, so, I mean... No, no, no. no. They no, no so they both won. They both won in wait, different hold seasons. On, wait, hold on. Wait. They are the same season. Oh, my God. He was in Faute. They are the same season. Oh, yeah, my God. Oh, sorry, Fessy, Fessy, yeah. Fessy and Casey are from the same season. So, I think yeah, that's yeah. where their connection comes from. Like, they lived in the house. They, have, they know the same people. They run with the same, like, Big Brother crew. And so them being together coming in to do their same rookie seasons josh was there earlier before them but i think they kind of discount him because they he's not as athletic as them or they're not from the he's not from the same season yes he won but i don't even think that fessy's like yeah he won i should listen to him because he knows the end game but i don't know it's kind of hard when fessy says that he respects winners or people who won something when i think he feels like he should have won or could win in a better quote unquote better way. So I do think he sees Josh that way, but I also think that that's why he's third. That's why Josh is like lower on the big brother. I don't even know if Josh is third, maybe in the big brother Alliance, but I also think like in a different Alliance, Josh is lower than, than other people. And it makes no sense for Josh to stick with this Big Brother Alliance. Like, do you really want to run a final against Casey and Fessy, right? So that whole conversation between Devin and Josh talking about the fact that we respect that we are not going to beat CT. We're not going to beat some of the people that are super athletic, that have been there before. But let's work together towards a common cause that, you know, my best chance is to run a final against you, Josh. And Josh, your best chance is to run a final against me. So having that mutually beneficial alliance, I think Josh is getting it. But I'm really interested to see here 
does Josh really turn against Big Brother? Does he really go against them here? Or will he pretend to still be with them moving forward and then sort of make the move towards the end of the game? Because I feel like if he goes against them here, he's also been protected by people like Casey and Fessy in the past. Like the previous season, Fessy and Casey won a lot of the dailies and obviously they were never going to come for um, him. And also Fessy now already having won two out of four of the dailies. It is impressive. So there's a certain element of safety that comes with that, even if they don't strategically want to do what you want them to do in the game. I kind of feel like Josh is going to turn on Fessy next episode because of whatever they were setting up. And I think Casey basically said, like, if you do this, you're dead to me or something like that. So I don't know if he wins the daily or he rallies the vote or whatnot, but I feel as though Josh is not going to let this go. And I think that he's going to come and retaliate for, for nothing better than the storyline, but like, I don't know if it's great for his game, but get Fessy out. Like he is winning twice. He's won twice. Like he's, he's strong. Want to beat him at the, try to beat him at the end. You might as well get rid of him. Maybe you're going to win when he's not around. So I think he's going to come for him. I think, I think it's very interesting because I I agree that Josh won't let anything go, but Josh is also extremely loyal. And I think he holds whatever he holds. Like personally, he holds it to other people just as strong. So hmm. with Fessy turning on Amber, the, yes, she's in the Big Brother Alliance, but a lot of Casey and Fessy don't even really see her in the Big Brother Alliance. And then Josh is taking this as a personal kind of attack because that was his partner. Um, also, Casey in her confessional said, I can't believe Josh is blowing up his game for, and sticking up for Amber, which to me was like crazy. I thought she would say something about like, oh, why is Fessy blowing up his game for Amber? But it was like the opposite. So it's like, I think both of them are going to turn because I think Josh is going to blow this up right when they come back into the house. Josh isn't going to let it go. They're going to want to talk about it right then and there. They're going to have this big fight and Casey's going to be on Fessy's side. So it's just going to be weird how everything's going to happen. Although I don't know if Josh will turn on Big Brother. I'll believe it when I see it because he is so, mm. so uh, loyal. extremely loyal. And mm. also they all run with like the same group. Like Casey is like dating Nani and Josh is very close with Nani. So how do you work together with Nani, but not together with Casey or Josh working? It's just a weird dynamic now. Well, maybe yeah, I mean, Big Casey... Brother sucks is getting into his uh, veins, <laughs> into his like his parameters. <laughs> yeah, because I was I was wondering, you know, we, we see Casey in the next on episode saying, you know, if you you know, you're kind of like dead to me, or you know, I can't trust you moving forward. Whatever she's saying, we don't see who she's saying that to, and it could I mean, also be are. Amber. It could also be Amber. I mean, Amber could go there. But we had this conversation here. Obviously, Amber, you know, she gets pulled in early in the episode with Casey, and they have a conversation. Um, and Amber feels really positive about this towards the end, thinking she's in a good spot. Um, and, you know, I, I've become, and I've always been a pretty big Amber fan. Like, for, for Chantel will know, I've always said this. I, I really <laughs> enjoy it. I enjoy Amber. I feel like she's got a good heart, and she keeps getting screwed over by other people. And I just think she's a good person. So I like her, you know. And um, probably helps that she's good looking on the eye. You know, I want her to stay on the show as long as she can. <laughs> I have to say though, she looks amazing in her confessional look this episode. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, like she's already gorgeous, but I was like, I was took my breath away. I was like, wow, she looks absolutely stunning. 
No, no, stunning. And and also just the way she carries herself for the most part through the show. I mean, when everybody's taking stabs at her, like last season, you know, she was the person that was sort of being disrespected by that Big Brother alliance. And she's the one that's coming into this season almost having to um, justify the fact that she felt angry about it, which she was completely justified to feel angry about the fact that her alliance was turning their back against her. Um, and the one thing that I find immense satisfaction out of is that she's the only big brother player that has won the game you know joss has not won it yet fessy hasn't won it yet casey hasn't won it yet and you know it especially kills all three of those guys that amber's the person who won it and um you know she she again here gets screwed by going down and i was extremely conflicted because i'm a big michelle fan obviously a big survivor fan and i'm also a big amber fan so i don't know if anybody else felt conflicted or if it was just me I actually, I, I ended up shouting for Amber, I've got to be honest, because I wanted more drama. And I knew that with her coming back, there will be more drama in the house. I 100% was conflicted because I did not want Michelle to go. Um, and Corey, I, I wanted to see more what they could do. They kind of were dealt kind of a bum deal. Like it, the whole rookie, you know, having to go in all the time, I get it. So it, that's typical. But I was hoping that they would be able to last a little bit longer. But so she was dead. We knew that they were going to be down there for sure. And then when it was Amber and like obviously the fireworks had happened before Amber actually went down and the drama, I know we're going to probably talk into depth about like the drama of the Lair elimination. I was rooting for Amber because I just needed to give a big middle finger to that messy fessy. I just was like, <laughs> I just needed it not to work. Because, you know, the last episode, it was like his voiceover being like, and that's how you execute a plan. It's like, uh, no, this is how you execute a plan, fessy. So <laughs> I just got to really hit do. with a huge major deja vu going back to the Casey and Amber talk because it was exactly the same talks that were happening last season. And I know a lot of people were saying on my comment section, like Amber's sort of gullible to think that all oh, like big brother is just going to accept her now that she's won. But it's like this is her second season. She's looking for friends. She's thinking that maybe they want they are trying to turn a new leaf. But this is kind of like fool me once shame on me or shame on you. However that goes, uh, don't do it again. I mean, she worked well with big T big T's needing some friends. I would like to see Amber go more towards big T and like get some numbers that way instead of falling back into this big brother thing. It's almost like an Alliance just because we played on the same show at one point. And I don't think that holds much water to like, if you're clicking with somebody and really vibing with somebody, which I think she did with big T last season, a lot better than anything that Big Brother's been doing or helping her with. I mean, I don't think they helped her at all yet. No. Well, I think the reason why she's like, well, you know, if we can offer each other a little bit of safety from, and I, I can be included in the Vets Alliance here, like, yeah, I think that she was just doing her best to try to protect herself. It doesn't mean that she would have kept them all safe if she won power, possibly. Um, but I think that she was doing her best just to get a few people that might not say her name. Um, hopefully, mm -hmm. obviously this didn't work out in her favor, but I think that that's why she was trying to make nice with the Big Brother people, even though yeah. she was coming across as very gullible, being like, I believe what Casey's saying, and Casey's like, I don't trust Amber at all. And I'm like, Casey, why don't you trust Amber? <laughs> like, yeah. you guys screwed Amber over. Why don't why don't you trust her? Like it makes zero tr sense. So I, I wonder if they're. I wonder if they're projecting like if somebody said yep. that in the in the confessionals last season about me and did all that stuff, I would want revenge. So now they're like, she must want revenge. She's just being polite to our faces, but we have not seen a single proof 
that Amber is like wanting to take them out at all. So it's just weird. No, I mean, she she got convinced by Casey here that she was okay and she was safe. So really, really bad move. And like uh, Dubbo here in the chat says, shouldn't Fessy be worried about Nelly T coming after him instead? Now, obviously, there's the truce at the moment. But in reality, you know, we know that there's a massive split between the veterans and that there is still an element of the Big Brother Alliance. The the veterans continue to call them the Big Brother Alliance. So there is the Big Brother versus the the challenge veterans as well <laughs> that will still come after each other at some point. And um, is this a bit of a miscalculation here by Fessy? I think we kind of already answered that. Amber was never going to come after him. So I do think it's a miscalculation. It may be a little bit early to go after Nelly T, especially if there is still uh, other potential rookies on the board at this stage, because it will just bring that war and sort of bring it a little bit to the forefront a bit faster. I also want to touch on uh, Zicha here in the chat, who says that Fessy had a lot of deals with the rookies going into this one here. And, um, there was that tweet by Amanda as well, where she said there were other reasons why Bettina wasn't sent down in this one uh, specific, uh, the Lair elimination round, because it does sound like he potentially wanted to get to know her a little bit better, Chantel. I think that he, she, they did get to know each other in a bathroom together wow. at least once, is what I heard. Um, um, I won't share it on here because it could be a spoiler, but I was watching a live that they did yesterday. So um, Fessy was uh, live with Amanda and they were spilling some tea and then her freaking phone paused and like I didn't get the full tea of it all. Um, and Michelle kind of popped in at one moment and she may have spilled some tea. I don't know if it's if, if it's official or not. So I won't share it just because it, it would be a spoiler if it's true. But um Amanda was saying that there was reasons why, um, you know, Bettina was never going to be thrown in. And there's a little bit more than just friendship going on, apparently. Interesting. So, so the other thing here, um, obviously, we've been talking a lot about Fessy being one of the people that had to make this decision. But there was also that conversation with Esther and Fessy in the club, where Esther sort of said that, you know, she has to look at it a little bit differently because she's a rookie. She doesn't have any of those relationships that Fessy has in the game because Fessy, he's protected regardless of who he puts down there. But Esther was really worried about who she's going to put down there. And she had to make sure that it's someone that she doesn't have a relationship with so that they don't come back to try and burn her at the end. So um, what do we think about this move here from Esther to put in someone like an Amber in this situation and also to put in Yui here? Do we think that it was a good move for her or do we feel like um, she wanted to go in a different direction and potentially wanted to put the same people in that they put in last time because there would have been less blood on her hands? Um, well, the one thing that I wish that Esther had recognized is when she was talking to Fessy, I think they were in the club, and she was saying that she wanted to be protected and she, if she's going to keep people safe, she wants to know that they're not going to send her in. She's still a rookie, even though she's with him. He never gave her any sort of reassurance or, at all. And if I were her, I'd be like, oh, he doesn't care whether or not I'm his partner or not, and he's not kind of trying to protect me at all. So knowing like knowing that she should have been like oh wait he's not going to do anything that is going to benefit me necessarily he's going to do anything that benefits himself so i would have been sus i would have sussed out fessy for like his motives and then but then in the i think it was in the deliberation she was protecting him being like don't don't say thing mean things about my partner or something like that don't call my partner something and i was like what don't stand up for Fessy. This is like not the move, Esther. Not the move to be like Fessy's right hand woman. Like, no. I kind of like. 
I kind of like it just because Esther, I mean, you got to take a shot at the vets. If this is going to break up the vet alliance, I mean, to me, this is the move Esther makes. I mean, she's sitting there going like Fessy said her name first, and then I'm going to say, I'm going to repeat it. And guess what? It's a vet going down there. It's the first vet pretty much going down there. And hopefully this fractures and maybe it'll take some of the heat off me for sending Amber in there. And maybe this is going to be better for my game. I mean, if Fessy is going to get messy all over this place, maybe <laughs> she cannot be the next one thrown in. Maybe Fessy will be thrown in by himself and then Esther can get a whole new partner and be much better off in the game. <laughs> I do feel I do feel like Esther has been. Um, I don't know if she watched the previous seasons to see what Fessy was like in his previous season, which was probably him at his worst. But um, I do think that he has her kind of under a spell at the moment because she has that one confessional where she says that you know Fessy keeps telling her every day how lucky he feels that she chose him and things like that. And obviously Fessy is trying to work really really hard on his image because he got absolutely slammed after last season. And I do think she is kind of falling for that a little bit and maybe. Maybe she does feel a little bit safer with Fessy than what she should. I wouldn't be surprised if they're using the whole Big Brother thing to say you're good with us because she played Big Brother in Nigeria. You know, that's a potential other thing they could use there as well. And she kind of falls under that umbrella. Um, but overall, I've been really enjoying Esther this season. I think she's a very underrated competitor because yes you can say Fessy is in that team and Fessy obviously will win a lot of challenges but you know a lot of it comes down to her being good and keeping up with Fessy and in this challenge you know we find out that she was part of the top six percent I believe of six thousand people in a, a valedictorian when she studied law so um, undercover very very smart person playing this game and she does seem strategically like you said Drew she seems aware enough to know when to sort of step in, when to sit back, and being someone that's played a Big Brother type of game where there is social politics involved, I do think she's smarter than what a lot of people uh, potentially may think she is. I am worried for her, though, with so many of the rookies falling around her. Who really has her back here at the end game? Like, because Fessy will drop her in a hot minute when he can, and we know Fessy is not going to stay with her all the way until the end and end up playing a, a final with her. He's definitely going to go and try and find Casey or someone else to run a final with. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, I wish that she recognized that and got that reassurance from the other women that weren't going to be thrown down there. She should have, they should have been doing one-on-ones and being like, hey, like, if we don't put you down there, will you make sure that you keep Esther safe if you're trying to choose a rookie to go down in there? So um, I think it was smart of her to want to do that. But the fact that unless we, they just didn't show it, that it didn't happen. I think that's not great for her game. She's had power twice. She's done two things that are not necessarily beneficial for her game. Yes. Amber being gone and or Michelle being gone is going to be better just because they're good, they're good competitors. But um, I don't think that she gained any social capital, anything that's going to be helpful for her saving her next week. So I think she's going to have a big target on her back from yeah. here on out. I mean, one being chained up to this giant ball and chain named Fessy, who keeps on just making a mess of everything. But also she did win two out of four missions at this point. And she basically was the MVP of this mission of this episode. Cause Fessy was just hanging upside down, yelling Morse code into a walkie talkie. And she was memorizing codes and she was, she did the right moves too, because 
she listened to Kyle, which a lot of people shouldn't listen to Kyle, but she listened to Kyle when Kyle said, don't throw it on me. And that ultimately helped them out because when Kyle had a sabotage, he didn't throw it on Fessy and Esther. So, yeah. I mean, she did the right moves. She knew the Morse code and she was able to win that while Fessy was just hanging there, uh, yelling Morse code into a walkie talkie. So she was completely like doing it all on her own, pretty much this episode. So, I mean, very much hats off to her, but yeah, there's a huge target on her back. Sure. On the topic of on the topic of dial, let's talk about it. You know, um, obviously <laughs> you've got Devin and Kyle. Um, Kyle says that this best friendship of theirs just organically happened because they're both huge dicks and they just sort of gravitated towards <laughs> each other. Absolutely love that commentary. And um, you know, we saw a little bit of them working together in the previous season as well, but. Quite rightfully, you know, as we all know, Kyle is always going to look out for Kyle. And in the heat of the moment here, he takes out Devin in the challenge. And a massive fight happens right in front of all of the rookies. The rookies are loving it. Priscilla's got her popcorn out. She's observing. You know, everybody thinks this is going to be what's going to happen. The veterans are finally going to come after each other. But both Devin and Kyle, and Devin maybe in the heat of the moment he went at Kyle a little bit too much in front of everyone there but he does talk to his man Josh and you know like you heard it right his man Josh and he calms <laughs> down a little bit um and 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 they sort of clear the air between them but there's this massive sort of weakness a chink in the armor now when it comes to dial where the rest of the veterans have seen this and I do feel like the storyline is being set up that Kyle is going to be thrown in pretty soon because you've got Nelly T you've got um you know Corey Josh Fessy, everybody has noticed this now, and there's going to be a target on him. I don't think they'll throw him in from the start because he is attached to Amanda, and Amanda has got some good sort of links with some of the, the young bucks and other people in the game. But I do think Kyle is in somewhat hot water here, and he made a massive, massive judgment error going after Devin here, someone that was never going to come for him, and they're supposed to be working together. Um, overall, great TV, but stupid move from Kyle here, right? I think Kyle's just kind of dumb. Like, and I think that's really just it. Like, Devin's, like, worried about what he's going to do in the heat of the moment, making a rash decision as well. Kyle isn't that smart, and he doesn't think 10 steps ahead, and he's not that strategic. He was thinking, like, oh, right now, they're, like, let me get do better. Like, you know what I mean? He wasn't thinking, like, oh, my God, if I do this, then I'm going to do this. And he's not so, like, strategizing like Devin would be. And so I think that what the fault is, is that Devin thinks that Kyle is smarter than he actually is. Um, I'm also annoyed, though, about, like, Corey and Nelly so, like, mad at him being a snake. He hasn't really done anything that snaky. He made a mistake in a competition, and he's definitely getting a lot of heat for it. So I don't know why they're – I think they just have to have something to say in confessional because it, I don't think it was that big of a deal. I agree that I think it was blown out of proportion. I also think that there is some strategy to why Kyle decided to throw it on Devin. And it's because that we have Anissa and Logan still in that, that heat going on and they already won a mission already. And then you have Fessy and Esther who already won a mission earlier in the season. And so with Devin as his best friend, thinking that he could smooth over anything if he sabotages him, sabotages Devin, and Emmy, who haven't won anything. And honestly, they weren't like in the lead or anything. Like they didn't have two two capsules already opened up. I mean, their whole thing was like, whoever's winning will be fine. Yeah. Like, just let them win. They weren't in like the biggest lead or whatever. And then Kyle like snipes the winner or something like that. So I think he was trying to hedge his bets, keeps a bridge open because him and Fessy were not on good terms last season. And we all saw how that 
what happened there. So Kyle doesn't want to like destroy that so early in the game in episode four uh, and get thrown in because Fessy is like, oh, you sabotaged us that one time or whatever. So I think that was the strategy to it. And yeah, and I think everybody's just having their notebooks open. Everybody's taking notes because they know the vet's truce is going to be over sooner rather than later. So they're getting like hyper focused on like whatever, whatever happens. Oh, even if you're close to Kyle or Devin or just like said hi to him once in 56 days, like that's what's going to happen. Like they're just going to be like, oh, Kyle, you're a snake. I'm going to throw you in because that's a reason. That's a reason. I don't have any other reason for anybody else kind of thing. Yeah, another one of the vets here, similar to Kyle, obviously, is a bit of a storyline developing around him and him being potentially someone that could be in danger here in the new future um, sort of gameplay. But if you look at Big T, like she's kind of missing for a big part of this episode, but she does notice that she gets taken out quite early in the challenge um, as well and that she potentially isn't as close to Josh and the other vets as she would like to be here. And you guys mentioned that Amber should be working with Big T to a certain degree, but it does feel like Big T doesn't really have many people that will go to bat for her here, which um, we spoke about it a little bit last week when we, we talked about the recap. It's really disheartening because it looked like Big T finally found her footing last season and started really working her way in. But um, she's still not being accepted uh, by this crew, by these veterans over here. And to I was wondering about it off sort of off air prior to coming online here. Um, does it maybe play into the fact that Kyle and Big T are both from the UK and they don't get to hang around with some of these veterans just in their everyday life when the seasons doesn't happen? Does that have a, an impact on it here? Um, and is it maybe why somebody like a Big T or a Kyle, when they come into seasons like this, they should always have a little bit more of a, a, a go at playing and working with the rookies because you just, you know, it's different when you're talking to people over a video chat every now and again, every couple of weeks you catch up or on Instagram live compared to actually staying or living in the same city or being close enough to actually go and do things on the daily. Do you guys think this is a big disadvantage for, for these guys coming into these seasons? Well, now that you're pointing it out to think about it, I'm wondering if it's because they both have British accents. Um, because mm. like, you know, it's a fair of it all. And like, you know, the, some of the players that have been very controversial and done some interesting moves have all been from the UK and have a British accent. So I wouldn't be surprised if like some on a subconscious level, they're not trusting people that are not American, um, especially, you know, the UK where they've seen them do some kind of shady things. Um, I really think that Bear probably tainted them a, a lot with his antics as well. And then Kyle, how he has acted past seasons as well, hasn't been that great for him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they're just like, oh, like, I can't trust these Brits. I think you bring up an interesting point about how it's like they don't get to hang out because I think there was – I think there was somebody either in the aftermath or something that was talking about how, or it was in, in the the episode zero when they were talking about like, oh, all these people that are in here, they've been to like their weddings or their baby showers or been their best man or something to that effect. It's like these people have been friends for years and you're coming into the game trying to like get your footing and try to wedge yourself into something, but you're never going to be as high up on Corey's like hierarchy than say Nelson who was there for all of his like baby showers and like there for every birthday or just being there on a daily basis. But I also think that uh, last season really hurt uh, big T's uh, chances coming into this season, being with so many rookies and them being international as well. I think a lot of the rookies being international kind of hinders Kyle and big T because 
that's how they're going to view them. And then also, I think both of them just get underrated a lot because they're not the most physically fit or anything to that effect. I think they're always looked at as like, say, last season with Big T and coming down to the stretch, Big T and Kyle were the ones that everybody was had their eyes on wanting to throw them into the elimination because, oh, that's the easy win. That's who I want to go up against. So I know I have a spot later down in the game. So I think that's always going to be a factor uh, that they're just going to keep on being looked at as either smaller or not as muscular as say like a Nelson or Corey where people don't want to go up against them because it could be a hall brawl and get, just get absolutely rocked by uh, them being hulkish and doing their Nelly T boot camps. So don't even get me started about that. Nelly T <laughs> Chris, did you see what genius was a part of our social media? <laughs> like, uh, did you see it? Chris? No, I didn't. No, no oh, at all. Okay, we share it, Drew. You have to share it because it was in your story, right? So, or was it? Is it actually on your um, Instagram? It's on my IGTV, uh, okay. whatever. It, that was like my first one, but I did like an infomercial for the Nelly T Bootcamp DVD oh, series. Did you so. show me the come grab the come grab the girls? <laughs> <laughs> come to daddy's and it's just <laughs> there's a bit of that cringiness in the beginning of this episode again oh. from Nelly T just talking about you know uh, uh Bernard coming back into the house and I also wanted to touch on while we're talking about some of the international and sort of um the American way of doing things and the cultural differences and potentially the the mm. disadvantage that comes with that. We obviously had uh, Berna here in this episode really struggling to communicate with her partner because she doesn't say dot and uh, well, she doesn't say uh, dash and dots or something like that. She says noughts and stripes or something like that. It was like this whole way of just communicating that's a little bit different. So um, the language barrier differently, I think this season even more so when you've got non-English speaking countries that compete in the challenge, you're seeing it a little bit I don't mind it at all. I love the fact that the show's become very international, but it's interesting because some of these players, they're competing in a game, and we've seen this before with um, Nam coming in, where English isn't his first language, so sometimes he struggles to express himself properly, um, and that puts a massive target on you and a bit of a disadvantage, and it's one of the reasons why I feel like if we get really good international players, like a Jenny West, bring her back, like, you know, get, make the playing field a little bit more equal, bring a champion back, give Kyle and Big T someone there that they can work with, that they're close with as well, to even the playing fields a little bit. But obviously they've got the reasons for why they're doing what they're doing on the show. I did want to talk, Chantel, as the, sorry, you look like you want to say something about that. I was going to just say, like, what happened, like, where's CT? Why isn't he protecting Big T at all? Like, or yes. having some sort of conversation with her or giving her some strategy advice. I'm just wondering why he's so removed from helping her at all in the game. Um, I found that, to, I find that to be quite surprising that he's completely, it seems like he's completely like, we're not friends. I'm not talking to you. I'm not helping you kind of casting her aside. And I wondering what's going on there. It's a good observation. And I, and I do think that um, last season things got, pretty heated between them at one point um maybe and we don't know this it's all you know sort of rumor in the end though maybe big t had a bit more feelings towards ct than what we even thought and you know there might have been some things happening behind the scenes afterwards conversations happening where ct felt like you know he doesn't want to give her the wrong impression or want to come into the season and he's going to because that's typically what guys do speaking as a guy is like if, if, if they feel like a girl's coming after them 
and they don't have that same feelings towards them, they kind of distance themselves in most cases more from that person instead of, you know, sort of being in that uncomfortable situation or giving the girl the wrong impression. Guys are not great at communicating. So like surprise, surprise. So they'll probably rather distance themselves. So it could be an element of that. And obviously we don't know this, but I'm just sort of, cause I've noticed this as well, Chantel. Um, he's really been distanced from her this season and it really feels like she's got no one. Well, speaking to your point there, I'm wondering if it's because he got back together with his wife. I don't think mm. he was with her necessarily last season, um, at least yes. during the filming. So maybe that was a little bit of an open door. I always thought that Big D had Big T had a little bit of a crush on CT. And so maybe that's why that dynamic worked so well. But maybe, you know, his wife doesn't really love the challenge. I'm sure she loves like the fact that he's won half a million dollars. But yeah. she doesn't like his friends and she doesn't like like who he is on the challenge. And so maybe this was a sort of agreement that he was had to make is like no flirting, like no like having any girls that uh, have crush on you. Maybe that was a stipulation for him to come on this season. Oh wow! Well, so so he wins he wins half a million dollars and suddenly she's back with him afterwards. Surprise, surprise! I don't know the timing. <laughs> I don't know the timing. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, holding out hope that they're they are having conversations because CT is not being shown at all. Like he is staying way far out. I don't. I feel kind of bad for Burnham because I don't even think he's actually trying in these missions. I think he just doesn't want to like put a target on his back, and I think he doesn't want to make moves. I think he would rather just stay in the background. And we get we did get to see him a little bit with Huey in this episode, but I'm. I would, I would hope that they're having off-camera conversations that he is being a friend, but we're not seeing much of him because he's just not as messy as some of the other players that are in this game at, at the moment. Well, and he's smart enough to be like, I'm just going to take a step back until I until, you know, <laughs> final eight, and then I'll go in and I'll win everything, get to the final <laughs> win the game. So I think that he just knows how to play. <laughs> yeah, so Dan agrees with you. Dan agrees with you here and says that <clears throat> CT will probably be a target if he does stand up for, for Big T at this stage. And then Sam asks, how is Turbo and Burner connected? They both played in Survivor Turkey, and that's how they know each other, I believe. Um, and then mm -hmm. he also says, bring back Turbo. I'm a big, big fan of Turbo. Anytime anybody says, bring back Turbo, I'm always on board. But I do think that he may or may not have been banned from the show because of what happened with... Um, what was his name? Jordan. Uh, Jordan, that's there we go. I had a mind blank there for a second. I like Jordan as well. It's a it's a shame that it got to that point, but I think that what production may have realized is that somebody that is as highly trained as Turbo in martial arts, you know, like the guys are like you think of Chuck Norris, he is like the turkey Chuck Norris, you know, like this guy can can kill you, you know. And I think that probably production, they had a lot of people that season um sort of getting him off uh jordan and trying to prevent him from killing jordan there and jordan fearless absolute fearless to go after a guy such as turbo turbo is a different beast i hope he comes back i hope that they can find a way but i also sort of am aware that turbo is playing in some sort of movie at the moment he's become a bit of a movie star over in um in, in europe now so i think he might be just too big big for the show actually to come back to be honest which is a shame okay Good, good on him, right? Good on him. But Chantel, I wanted to, you know, while we're on the subject of Big T, sort of rolling back to that, you're the <laughs> romance specialist here I was gonna, um, I was on the panel. I was going to bring this up right now. I was like, before <laughs> we leave Big T, that's really what I was going to introduce. We're in sync. We've, we've, been, we've been doing this for a while now. We're in sync. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Obviously, I'm obsessed with that duo. I really hope that there is a love connection going on. Um, a couple episodes, you saw them dancing 
together in one of the club scenes. And I was like, I see you guys in the corner there kind of grinding it out. So I'm, I'm loving their, you know, their flirtations that's going on. Um, I think that she, it's good for Big T to feel a little bit good. I don't think she feels great about how, like being in this game this time around. You know, the last season she was with CT and she had him motivating her the whole time and like, you know, getting some wins and people were really championing for her. And so in this season, everybody just hates her and doesn't want to include her. I think it just feels good that she has somebody that she likes a lot, that wants to spend time with her, that allows her to be outside of the game and not feel like such a, an outcast. So I think it's great for her, her like just her mental state, her mental health, having him around. And I would love it if there's actually a love connection going on there. I, I ship him. I ship them. Yeah, it sounded like a like you know it was all about the personalities, as they said, you know, and just them gelling well together. And I find Big T's flirting just enduring. You're like she doesn't have a falter, doesn't look like she's subtle about it at all. And you know, I just love Big T. So you know, anything that Big T does on screen, like it normally brings a smile to my face. And she's just such a positive person. So I really hope that something does come from that uh, for both of them. But we do know that a lot of the times with these romances, it kind of just lasts for one season, and then next season they come back and it's not a thing so let's talk about the other love connections here on this episode as well since we're on the topic obviously we see amber um also getting close to um is it I keep forgetting this. I keep missing Jeremiah. I keep for some other reason when I look at him, he looks like a Joshua to me. But Jeremiah oh. and yeah, I don't know why. But Jeremiah and um, Amber, they are starting to form a little bit of a connection here as well. And Amber says that you know she hasn't felt this way about anyone in a long time. And we've actually never seen Amber in any of the seasons that she's played on reality TV hook up with anyone. I do remember Beast Mode Cowboy. The cringiness about him yes. going after her. But, you know, this is not something... I feel like Amber's quite a private person in general, and she probably wouldn't want this to happen on screen, but she is starting to fall um, for him as well. Do you, obviously, that's one of the other ones. And then um, the continued um, thing that's happening here between Ashley and Nelly T plays out in this episode as well, which was really funny to watch um, as well. Um, well, and you're missing one the last and Michelle, one. Michelle, Michelle and Emmanuel. Here we go. <laughs> well, I knew Michelle there was Emmanuel one more. what I wanted to talk about because, like, go ahead. Um, <laughs> earlier on in the episode, I, there was a point where Emmanuel says, like, oh, I think it was actually maybe later on in the episode, actually, um, where he's like, oh, like, you know, if she goes, I might have to find someone new. And I was like, oh my God, is Michelle leaving this game? Because I couldn't understand why Tori and him are like, are, are rumored to be dating and she went to go visit him. And I'm like, no, I want Emmanuel and, and Michelle together. Like what's happening? And so when he said that, I'm like, oh my God, Michelle is actually going to be going home and that's going to leave the door wide open for Tori to come in and snag Emmanuel. So that was one thing that was saddened me about this episode. Yeah, I I knew when I saw a lot of more of Emmanuel this episode, I was like, something's going to happen either with him or Michelle, because they're they're He's just talking more and more about like, that's my girl. Uh, CT, how dare you drop my girl? I will come after you. No, no, I won't come after you kind of thing. So <laughs> and then Huey, when he was like, bring my girl back into the house or something like there was a lot going on. And I was just like, OK, something they're really leaning into this. And it was leading up to the the goodbye kiss that he had, which I thought was a very sweet moment. But yeah, I just knew something was going to happen when that when that all came crashing yeah. down. They weren't subtle this episode about like... <laughs> well, Subtlety is not normally the challenge strong suit. I mean, when you no. see like somebody that you've never seen before on screen multiple times, you're like, oh, 
Tracy is on this season and she's not going to be on here for long. So, <laughs> um, also, let's talk about the actual challenge for this episode because we've spoken around it quite a bit. We obviously know <laughs> Josh and Amber does pretty well. We know that Fessy um, and Esther ultimately wins this. But what did you guys think of this challenge? You know, um, the one we they had to hang under this big structure. They had to go and do the Morse codes. Obviously, Huey has his freak out moment, and we haven't spoken too much about him, and we'll get into Huey as well. Um, and, you know, they have to decipher these Morse codes, and then they've got a partner that runs up and um, has to come back down and unlock the codes. And then the first to get three will ultimately win, and they get to eliminate another pair as they unlock these codes, one after the other. For me personally, I thought this, this was one of the best challenges so far this season. Like with the cave and swimming out, it sometimes can be a little bit hard to follow who's doing what because different people are competing. I, I don't always like it when you've got um, different two groups competing against each other. I like seeing all of them on the course at the same time so you get a better visual rep representation of who's actually doing well. It's easier to follow as a viewer. And I thought, you know, just the whole look of this challenge being suspended so high up in the air, being able to sabotage other people and pull them out of the game. It's a classic, but it still is a goodie. And I really, really like how they put this challenge together and also really happy that no one actually, you know, sort of, um, decided not to do it and everybody actually got into it um even though huey was sort of in two minds about it well i actually i didn't find it very easy to follow because like i was like well who's in the lead i don't know who's in the lead how's that how's possible to know who's in the lead like can't like it, i just couldn't tell like oh you don't know if they have two done like i don't know anyways for me it was hard to follow who was doing better and so i couldn't really get my own opinion exactly of like if what kyle did was terribly wrong um, and so, yeah, like I thought it was an interesting challenge. I liked the elements of it. I just didn't think that it played for me that well on TV because I like seeing who's in the lead and how much are they in the lead by. And I didn't fully even understand when you take the Morse code, like, was it a color coded bomb that they were getting the number for to go? Anyways, it wasn't for me completely clear. I thought it was. I'm on the fence with it. I mean, it was, I think the, 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 the thought process behind it was good. I thought it had a lot of good elements, but I think together it just was like, I don't know. It was kind of weird. It, and the sabotage really played into the vet's hands, being able to just easily like Coriel and Michelle needed to win this to stay out. And they just had no shot, no shot of winning this. Also like Coriel was having a malfunction with his like, with his harness or something like he couldn't move as well as everybody else. So, I mean, I just felt like it, th there wasn't a great chance for everybody to have a, a shot to win this with the sabotage element. I love the sabotage element, but can it happen a little bit later down into the season when everybody is at each other's throats rather than episode? It kind of reminds me of Ice Spy from last season. It happened so mm -hmm. early that everybody was just like, okay, let's, mm -hmm. I don't know who to sabotage. Like, everybody has a clear decision because everybody has or is on the same page right now. So it's like, okay, well, we'll all just want each other to win in our heat too, because they don't have the rookie rookie team. And if you do have them, just take them out and then you're good. Like it, it just seemed like it was a little bit too early to have it, but I thought it was, it had, it had some good elements to it. I'm looking forward to next episodes as that one looks way more intense and it looks a lot, a lot more exciting. I don't remember what that one was. That's where uh, the wall with the puzzle pieces and they have cool. to go under the barbed wire and they have the, the the safe and everything like and then Gabo's like freaking out and there's an ambulance coming in. I mean, it looks like it's going to be very intense. 
Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, you bring up a valid point here, Drew, with the vet sort of gaming the whole system. And obviously, having people come and play the show year after year or season after season, they're very well aware of the different dynamics within the game and what they can do strategy-wise. And um, one of the things that, again, we sort of mentioned it last week, and I'll mention it again, the vets have already worked out the theme this season. They normally work it out pretty quickly. And I do feel like the producers really struggle to keep one up on them. And TJ always tries to like say, oh, you know, expect the unexpected. And he tries to like, almost like he still can throw something in there. <laughs> but um, we we really see them here at the end of the game, again, working very well together, the vets. Um, when Amber needs to choose a partner, you know, Joss kind of knows she's not going to come back to him. Um, mouse off, listen, choose Devin and CT also points to Devin because I do think Amber probably for a split second thought, why don't I go back to the person who helped me win last season? Um, CT would be a good partner for me in the game, but that would have put the biggest target on her and CT um, in the game so early on as a previous duo who've won the show. Um, and they do choose Devin here smartly because that means that Gabo and Emmy now is going to be the only rookie-rookie partnership going forward. So again, the vets are a couple of steps ahead. They know how to game the system. They know how to put individual players and put them in and pair them together in a way that it makes sense for them long term to stay safe so um really really impressive stuff here from amber josh and ct i thought at the end of the episode yeah no i, I really you know i've i thought that it was very smart of them like how they reconfigured everything um i didn't think that they all had it in them to like figure out what to do there um leaving a rookie rookie team available to be targeted is great but with these new rules of this game it doesn't fully matter if you don't trust the person that's in the agency and so i'm wondering if amber is still going to still be feeling like oh I, I i can't trust the people in the agency because they literally just turned on me so I think it was smart. Yes. Like you'll, now you'll have like, I believe what's Patina and Huey are together now. Like uh, Amy, cares? I believe. Emmy, sorry, Emmy Emmy. And, yeah. um, who cares? Like they'll, they'll go in. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm endeared to her, but like, I don't need her in the game. Huey. I, I might, I might be over his antics. I don't know. He, he's okay. He's funny sometimes. And then sometimes oh. he's, We've got to talk. We've we've got to talk about Huey getting into the challenge and being more concerned about trash talking Michelle and Coriel than actually doing the challenge with his partner. I thought it was hilarious, to be honest, to see him trash talk while being in the middle of a challenge. And CT saying he's got the attention span of a five year old, a five year old or a six year old. Um, and Amber, we do know that sometimes can struggle to stay, stay focused in challenges as well. She spoke about that in the previous season, but her being the person who actually has to keep him grounded and focused throughout the challenge and obviously being the person that's experienced. But uh, like, I get why you think you're over Yui's antics. I'm still here for it. I, I still find it hilarious. I still find the fighting between him and Ashley hilarious. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I was happy for him that he won here. Um, but I also like Coriel, and I did feel for Corey at the end when he went out and he said that he kind of did to Huey that society has done to him always. And it kind of hit him afterwards where he felt really down about that. And obviously, um, it sounds like him and Huey, I actually did watch the aftermath before coming onto the podcast this week. I actually had time to watch it. It sounds like they've squashed things um, as well, even though. They had a little bit of bickering even in the aftermath. It was quite funny to watch. But, um, you know, overall, I'm still here for Huey. But I forgot, who who did Huey end up with here at the end of the episode? I forgot. Nani. Right. Nani. Good, good choice. Good, good for him. Like, that was actually what the biggest surprise. I was like, 
wow, like you can recognize that Nani is in the perfect position. She's like, nobody's coming for Nani right now. And she has so much patience for her partner that yeah. it could be like, I think that we could see Huey shine a little bit more because, you know, Ashley, obviously we, we love to hate her or whatever. Like she's just, she's very messy. She's loud. She, she's funny, dramatic. whatever, dramatic. <laughs> absolutely. And they really weren't clashing, which was humorous, but, uh, the fact that he had enough wherewithal to be like, no, 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 I'm going to go and take Nani because it will put him in a better position. Um, I think it was a smart move on his part. I think uh, CT did. A, I think CT had flashbacks or deja vu from last season when he was paired up with Ashley. And he was like, do not come to me, Amber. Pick anybody else. Do not do not do this. I want to yeah. bring up that I just remembered uh, or just thought of it like. I, I get why Huey wanted to go with Nani, but this season in particular, we're not getting a ton of Nani. And I almost think like she's in cruise control. She's like, you don't have to get skulls to make it into the finals. She's so socially connected with a lot of the people in the game. I mean, I don't think she's worried about winning anything or doing anything. She has Casey behind her. She has like Devin and Josh and whoever Josh is aligned with. Fessy's cool with her and CT's fine. I almost think like, Huey going with her, I don't even know if she's going to fight with him to do anything because it's just like, I want to win. It would be cool to win to have some power, but I mean, I really don't have to win. I don't think I'm going to be the one being thrown into elimination anytime soon kind of thing. I don't know. That's mm. just the vibe I get because she was even like in the mission. She's like, we're probably going to be out early. And Gabo's just like, really? And she's like, yeah, just look at us. We're going to be out. And she didn't <laughs> seem bothered by it. She didn't seem like I need to win. I would love to win into the, she's just like, well, we could leave. I mean, we could we could end up not winning this, and that's fine. Well, I'll just do whatever. Like, I don't know. It just seems weird. It just seems like she's just on cruise control early on in the season, and maybe she'll come out of her shell later on if she wins something or if she gets partnered up with somebody uh, better or something. So I don't know. I just that just came to my mind. Now I want to throw I want to throw out there we've we've seen Amber three times in eliminations now and she's won three in a row is she becoming an undercover you know shouldn't be because she's a champion but is she becoming a bit of a threat going into these eliminations and potentially sort of winning them when she goes down there and I know Chantel you're a little bit low on that um, also want us to think about this i asked the question at the beginning of the um live i put a poll up to say who's gonna last longer in the game will it be amber or fessy and we've had 17 votes so far placed and surprise surprise amber's coming up with 94 percent of people thinking okay, she i'll put an fessy. amber in there an amber as well <laughs> so maybe 95 percent what's your thoughts here on amber's performances and eliminations i mean i i thought that this particular one she she was still a little bit frantic and if you watch the aftermath um she, she does uh, huey does say that he was the one that pulled amber through that particular um you know elimination and like he was the one that reached out and and you know got the key she noticed the key so so i like obviously yui obviously yui is going to play himself up here like let's be honest it's yui right but if i remember correctly she was the one who said to Huey, where's the key you lost the key and would he even have noticed that if she wasn't there? So I felt like she was calmer than him. That's how I saw it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like Yui will blow his, own, blow his own trumpet as well when it comes to the challenges. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool when she did like the front flip over the bar like that and like, they put it in slow motion. I thought she looked pretty badass when she did that. Um, 
I still personally am not scared of Amber. You know what I mean? Like I like mm. I maybe if it's a hall brawl just because she's tall, but I I don't know. Math. If, just put it in a math equation and she'll have some trouble. Well, exactly. <laughs> or like putting something in order or like any sort of puzzle. Like I don't know. Just she's happened to have two things that she's one at. Like one was a hall brawl mm. and or two were hall brawls and one was this. And she did have her partner having a lot more urgency and like pulling her through. Maybe, yeah, if it wasn't for her, she, they would have maybe not found the key or that was dropped, whatever. Maybe. But I just don't think that she right now is that scared, fearful. Like I'm not, like, I'm not scared to go against Amber. I don't. Think. I will say that I think this is the more impressive of her elimination wins because those yeah. other two were hall brawls. They were physical and against two com opponents that, weren't known for being very physical with Amber M and then also Big T. So, I mean, that's kind of like Fessy's wins right now. It's a hall brawl against Nelson, somebody very shorter than him, and then a Paul Russell against Jordan, which, hey, come wow. on, really? And they were both solo. So for her coming into this elimination, being blindsided by somebody that she, uh, we'll, we'll put it in quotes, she thought she can trust, coming mm -hmm. in, having to be partnered <laughs> up with somebody, and somebody that I don't think she's very close with going up mm -hmm. against two people that have won an elimination together already. I think that this is definitely more impressive that she was able to work with somebody that maybe she wasn't familiar with going up against opponents that yes, are rookies, but have worked together on multiple occasions and have won an elimination together. So I think that this was kind of impressive in my book that she was able to do an elimination and win it that's something besides a hall brawl or something physical and it's being solo against somebody who is smaller than her. So uh, definitely props to her that I, I felt like it was more impressive, especially with Huey, like being frantic in the middle of it. And she's like, shut up. Like, let's go. <laughs> like we're winning um, this. <laughs> just to, to your point though. Um, I do think that Corey L is a lot taller and a little bit more awkward for him to maneuver those, those railings. Um, so I, maybe I would just be more impressed if she beat Michelle on her own against, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Um, I, I might've, you know, been like, wow, like, I can't believe she did that. So I think that the combination, like, yes, like, absolutely. She went down there. She was like flustered, angry, like, that could have definitely discombobulated her. Totally, she was able to channel that in and really focus and and pull out the win. Yes, that's pretty admirable and awesome. And I was really rooting for it to happen. So, like, yeah. I'm Team Amber. Um, I just don't know if she's like some uh, like unbeatable beast. Um, oh yeah, yeah, no, no. everybody's everybody's <laughs> able to be beaten. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, even the best have lost. You know, and so, if you're I mean, if you're gonna take your shot against a vet and you see this, why are you so fixated on a reigning champ as Amber? When why not throw in CT against yes. somebody he's never worked with? Because that looks that looks complicated and crazy and looks like a complete carnival game to me. Like yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen, but maybe if I throw the biggest dude in here, that's so awkward. Like it could be awkward for him to just move maneuver around. If you're gonna take a shot and ruin your a chance with the vet alliance shoot your shot and take yeah. the shot at the biggest buck okay. in the game so i don't know i just thought that was a wasted move yeah exactly um, i mean a lot of fans coming into this sort of said that you know at least with fessy making this big move he makes a little bit of entertainment you know it's entertaining tv he's not afraid to play his own game and he takes the big shot which is fair but is amber really the big shot here like no who is really fessy's biggest competition to winning at the end and it is you're quite right ct so why don't you look at ct and throw him in there with someone that he's never worked with before someone that you think won't do well having to maneuver through all of that it is a bit difficult because we're Look at the, coming back. Yeah, 
<laughs> probably, probably. Yeah. But I mean, if you look, if you look at the rookies this season, the the rookie girls in general, when I think about it, they look pretty fit. That there's not too many of them that I don't know if they would have been able to maneuver that obstacle course. Like, who would be the rookie that you would throw in there? Maybe someone that don't see it coming, someone that's never been down there, like a Priscilla. Um, obviously, some shots were fired at Priscilla here, um, and also at. Um, who was the other person, Bettina, who never actually went into any elimination before, but um, she does look still pretty fit. Like, I've got a feeling still with Priscilla, I still very much have my eyes on that girl. I think she's going to she's gonna make some waves. We're going to see some stuff because why is the edit focusing on her at key points and giving her the opportunity to speak if she isn't going to sort of do better than what we probably think later on in the game? It's kind of similar to like how Amber was edited in last season. In the beginning, she wasn't really involved in any of the main stuff that was happening, but we still got to check in with Amber every now and again. And the same thing is happening here with Priscilla. I feel like we're going to see more of her as the game continues. Bettina is pretty quiet. I guess at this point, but I mean, in general, I've been pretty impressed by the rookie girls. Uh, I yeah, think that I they're mean, pretty decent. I, I think all the rookies have been pretty good. They brought a lot to the table. I, you know, you know that I was not like a super excited in the beginning about like who are these people? I haven't seen their shows, <laughs> and you know they've they've allowed maybe want to get to know them and want to see a little bit more what they have to offer. So I definitely think that um, you know casting did a pretty good job with bringing in some rookie rookies that are rootable that are willing to play that they're willing to get a little bit messy um yeah and and the women are quite strong like i i want to see what berna can do i mean i know we're saying that ct is taking a little back seat for a little while but like i want to see when he turns it on like if they're going to become the unbeatable duo um that i think that they could be so i'm excited to see some of these rookies have their their episode and it's not an episode that they're going home <laughs> to to answer your question though i would have thrown in ct and patina i mean i think i don't think they are very close in the house we haven't seen either we one talk to, to the camera though. and 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 also the height difference because there oh. was a big height difference between coriel and michelle M way yes. more of a height difference between uh, them than say huey and amber so that may play a factor like ct is big so to chantelle's point like that could have been awkward for him to be having to go around but also the height difference of having bettina there not knowing if she's going to be able to really like if she was blindsided to be like oh i'm definitely wanting to go into this elimination i think that's who you throw into this elimination if you want to take your shot at somebody and hoping to get CT out. I think that's your best opportunity right here is putting him in this pipe maze with Patina. But uh, you can see that it's something janky. You know how he's always like so worried about these janky yes, competitions. Yes. Like this looks janky. This is where you throw in somebody that's usually good at anything physical because like yeah. you don't know who's gonna win these ones. Absolutely. Yeah, this is the carnival game. This is the carnival <laughs> game. The 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 throw it up there and see who wins kind of thing. 100%. Guys, let's get into our draft picks and see what's happened um, after this week. We are going to get two players, obviously, here um, that won't make it past this round, and it would be Corey L. Um, and also Michelle, sadly, has fallen uh, here. What did we think of Corey L. and Michelle in this specific challenge, do we think we see them again? Obviously, TJ at the end there talks to them and he says that, you know, he wasn't impressed by Corey Al, that the ladies were pretty gracious in either defeat or victory, but Corey Al and Yui, I don't blame Corey Al. If somebody came into my face like that, I don't know if I would have stayed calm. Like, um, I felt like it was more of a, 
a bad thing for, for Yui to sort of go out there and challenge Coriel in such a way. So I don't blame him for reacting in the way that he did. But maybe it was a lot worse than what we thought because it sounds like they get, they came really close to blows. And, you know, we had security down there pretty quickly. And I guess Coriel is a big guy. If he hits you, you're going to feel it, right? So, uh, But do we think that we see both of these guys coming back in the future? I personally think they both will be back at some point. I don't know if they'll come back in the same season, but I'd be happy to have either one of them back next season. I can see them both coming back next season. Um, Coriel, especially. Coriel and Kells, they need some of these big guys that they're going to keep on bringing on CT and Fessies of it all. They need people that they're at least afraid of or that you can throw down and have that hall brawl that we're kind of waiting to have. Um, and so I do see them as big guys that seem to want to play this game and that are willing to go up against Fessy. Like they're not intimidated or scared by him. So I see Coriel definitely coming back. And Michelle... For the fact that she's made such good friends with Ashley and Amanda, only being on this season for four episodes, um, and she's invited to all their lives and stuff like that, um, on the aftermath, it seems as though maybe something's going on with her and Fessy. I don't know. But it just seems that she's involved in the challenge world, mm. that I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to bring her in just to like build, like I don't know, the, the Lavender Ladies 2.0 or whatnot. Like I just can see her being part of that trio. Um, and so, yeah, I think that they would bring Michelle back. Like, 100%. Also, um, Devin, girl Devin, said that she's going to win the Challenge Season 50, so she's going to have to continue <laughs> to come back to win the Challenge Season 50, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think it's a must to bring a lot of these rookies back, especially if the audience is clamoring for them. And I think this is the problem that MTV is hitting with these ratings is that Every rookie that they've brought in so far, they've just dropped either in two seasons or one season. Like we haven't gotten that transition where we were able to follow an arc like we have with, say, Kara. But it, so mm. for they lean so heavy on the OGs and like the Johnny Bananas, the CTs, the Kara's that once they stopped coming onto the show or the casting stopped bringing them onto the show, now we're getting a whole batch of people where the audience are like, I don't know these people. I don't want to watch these people. They're all new. Why aren't we getting more of the same people that we got to see or getting the people that we haven't seen in a while? So I really do think that there is a great cast here. There's great rookies here, but I want to see this arc. I want to see people and get to know them from season to season to where I can actually invest time into them. Like Kells, like Michaela, Tatcha, uh, Coriel and Michelle. I think they're all great and they have potential. I want to see them come back for more. So that way we can see the dynamic either between them or between everybody else that's in this season. So we can actually like get to actually have some investment with them. And then when they're bring, when they're brought back, we are like, yes, I'm wanting to watch these people play instead of being like i'm going to take the season off or i'm going to catch it whenever i catch it i'll catch i'll catch it three weeks later when i can binge three episodes and kind of get to the gist of everything true i mean it just surprises me though because it's i find that you know it's for me it's really entertaining these episodes and i'm enjoying watching them and i've watched i usually watch them like at least twice and so yep. like the fact that like these fans aren't aren't watching the season i mean maybe it's because they're not watching it live maybe that's the difference mm. but like i would still be watching it like i guess i'm just too much of a fan like i'll watch any challenge even if it's not my favorite can you can you elaborate on that like has there been really bad ratings for the season so far yes well, this episode was the lowest 
ever, I think. Oh, really? Right? Uh, last, yeah, the last episode, last week, episode three was the lowest. And then I think this one outdid it. And now it's the lowest. But I, it, they aren't catching it live. And, and I've seen that with my views on my videos. Like, I'll, I'll get hits. And then they won't be as high as, like, say, the past couple of seasons. But as the week goes by, I'll get steadily grows as the weeks go on. So it'll even out. But it's just them catching it. Uh, audience members catching it at a later time instead of catching it right then and there. Maybe they're watching Big Brother or a different show. I know That's another thing too. a lot of people are worried about like, well, a lot of people are very excited about Survivor coming back as am I, but that's another Wednesday show that's going to be plopped right in the middle of the challenge. And if people aren't going to watch, they're going to prioritize something and it's going to probably be Survivor for some and then the challenge for others. I think one of the, like, obviously, I agree with you, Drew. I, I personally love seeing the arcs of different players play out. Like, for instance, Nelly T and Corey are two players that we saw come in as the young bucks who've now become, like, the more senior people there, the people that you love. I really enjoyed the scene where Devin and Kyle were talking about, you know, Corey does it for his kids every time and for his family. <laughs> but Kyle is like, I'm a dad now as well, you know. So <laughs> Kyle's, Kyle's become a dad, so he's also doing it for his kids. Like, I do enjoy seeing the arcs and the and seeing certain players come back time after time but you're right we've had some great young new talent come in people who have won the show that have not even come back like a jenny west for instance which i'm going to continue to put out there shame on the producers for not bringing amber in as a default this season shame on them for that right um but they, they do a lot of other things really really well like i feel mm -hmm. like the production value of the show the 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 camera work has just gotten better and better over the seasons the challenges continue to be extremely innovative like maybe last season i was a little bit low on it because they did repeat rinse and repeat quite a few challenges down in the arena but I also think that they were trying to figure out how to do things in a COVID, not to get put everything back to COVID, but probably in a COVID world, certain yeah. things were harder for them to work out and it was the first time they had to do something in a bubble. So maybe that limited them a little bit, but there's a lot of things. The way they edit shows, I mean, having Corey next to Bettina, talking about how Bettina is going to do the dot, dot, dash, dash. And, you know, Corey saying, no, he doesn't get it. Like they are so good at creating an entertaining TV show. So like, I feel like they've got the recipe for something successful here. They've just got to work on the arcs and maybe, maybe it's a good time now to look at battle of the seasons and let's bring back, like, let's bring some shows in. Let's bring, like, if you're going to do a big brother and a survivor, bring a survivor season and bring a big brother season. in. I would love to see survivor millennials versus Gen X being represented as a group. Just put it, putting it out there. It doesn't have to be Millennials versus Gen X. Big Brother 19, you know, um, one of the challenge seasons or one of the real world seasons or something like that. Just, you know, maybe it's a, a sense of doing that and bringing more fans to the show because they will watch it for that. Like Michelle being on the show, I think was a good thing. I would have imagined there's a lot of fans in Survivor that love Michelle that would have watched the show this season for the first time just because Michelle is on there. So I still think it's a good strategy to tap into some of these other shows, but you have to consistently keep with them. And also a really, really bad thing here is I really think that the producers, um, they think that any bad press is good press. So they continue to bring someone like Fessy back. But I don't think there's a lot of people like, I mean, the guy's trying this season. I don't want to just bag Fessy the whole time. But, you know, there's a lot of people who just don't like him. So <laughs> the fact that they're seeing Fessy and Casey and Joss continuing to return, I, I really think is not a good thing for them. And people might just be like, no, I'm not here for it for a third season. Or I don't want to watch this. My mom doesn't want to watch Fessy and Josh. She's like, mm, I don't know. Like, I don't know <laughs> if I want to watch this season. I don't want to see them again. Um, but one thing I yeah. just popped into my head about like the whole ratings thing well, with the fact that, that half the cast is international and they can't watch it live. Yeah. Like, so they're bringing yeah. it, there's 
spending all their social capital, bringing in all these people with huge followings in, in Africa and huge followings in the UK. And like, it doesn't actually translate into US ratings. And so yes. that's something that should be taken into consideration as well. Like half the cast is literally not American. Yeah, that's a good, that's a very, very good point. And, and I do agree that I think this season is, uh, the, despite the ratings, I think the season is doing its thing. And I actually think that it has a lot of good points to it. I'm not saying that this is, I actually am thinking that this, I'm actually having more fun with this season than say the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's just that though. It's, it's not grabbing the people. And I think maybe they need to go back to the drawing board. Let's not go leaning heavy into the spy theme. Let's not call the house headquarters. Let's not call TJ a handler or ha everything doesn't need to be a bomb. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go hang out at the house and do a battle of the X's where you're just running up and down with some beach balls or whatever and dunking them in and you're not trying to run into each other. Like let's, let's come, let's, let's go back to what worked and maybe you'll grab some of the older like fans of the challenge that maybe are now just catching it casually when there's nothing on a Sunday night and you watch everything on Hallmark. I mean, that's what I'm just <laughs> kind of throwing out there. hundred percent. Now guys, I do want to sort of finish this off here with looking, normally we do our power rankings towards the end of the day, but we, I've, I've kind of want to focus and flip it around. Who do we think are the people that are most in danger? Now, obviously, Gabo and Emmy is off the table. They'll be an automatic house vote. We would assume we might come back next week and something different happens, but I, I very much doubt it. Um, poor Gabo. Who, who, yeah, so who outside of Gabo and Emmy, poor, uh, poor, poor Gabo being a deer, deer in headlights here, who do we think, if we had to look at um, the people outside of them, who are most in danger potentially of going in? And who's the vet that potentially is most a danger at this point of going in as well, because there has been one vet thrown in there. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a combination of a vet and a rookie landing in the lair next episode as well. What if it's like just they're going to go for a Kyle and a big T call them out. Yeah, it's possible. That storyline has been told for a while now. So I, I very much could see something like that happening. I think as a duo, Big T and Jeremiah, I think, could be on the hot seat. I mean, Big T's name has already come out. Um, Amber has been in once. I wouldn't be surprised if she got said again. Uh, maybe Berna, because she's also been been seen. She's seen an elimination as well. So I think she could be also in danger. Um, Emmanuel has also been brought up. But I don't think with him being with Casey and if Casey likes him and Casey has a lot of friends in the house, I don't think he's going to be really targeted anytime soon especially if they like their duo so i would say like yeah gabo and emmy uh of course and then maybe berna uh amber and big t as like being nervous i know jeremiah has already been sent to into the elimination so i think big t and jeremiah would be the duo and yeah probably a kyle i mean they talked about him enough this episode that he's probably going to be sent in and huey i would hmm. think those two are the guys oh, yeah, that huey, are probably, like on huey, everybody huey definitely yeah. in the hot seat he didn't yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> i mean i like him but i don't like you know what i mean like he's 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 huey i'm sure i'd, I'd like him in real life by episode four i'm kind of like it's like that song that you keep on listening to over and over again or it's like stuck yeah. in your car and it's like oh you like the song at the beginning and now you're on like a downward spiral or you're like okay it's the same song i get it i mean but maybe it'll upturn if you if he lasts longer i don't know yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with all of you guys. Um, I was very surprised that Ed 
wasn't mentioned as someone that is a potential threat. Like if you were to throw Gabo down there, would you throw Ed against Gabo, two big physical guys to take each other out potentially in a, in a challenge such as that? So, I mean, because remember, I don't think Ed is going to be the houseboat, but he could still be one of those individual rookies that gets selected to go down there. So that potentially could be someone on the board. Um, I do think that Amber probably becomes a bit more valuable now to that counter vet alliance against the big brother because she is very vocal against big brother now so maybe some of the big brother people would still want to throw her in if a casey or a fessy one i could see that happening but i almost feel like um there are other players in there that may take advantage of um having amber as a sort of a free agent that they could use against that big brother alliance when the bigger war sort of happens and also amber now being in a in a deal with devon i think is interesting because Devin and Josh are working quite closely together and Josh has felt some sort of a loyalty towards Amber this season um, and he's given her his word and I think his word means a lot to him in the game and that's why he got so annoyed. So I do think Josh will, um, like you can say a lot of things about it, but he is loyal and sometimes gets screwed by other people that he's loyal to, um, Paulie being one of the other people that sort of comes to mind here. But, you know, he's going to, I think he's going to try and look out for her the best as, as he can in this game. Um, but from the vets, I would say Fessy could find himself in hot water pretty soon as well because he was the first person who made a move against the vet. And I am sure Nelly is, you know, taking a note from uh, or page from Emmy's book and he's creating his own hit list here in regards to who he wants to vote out and that she is very, very, oh, that she, he is very, very high um, on, on that list as well. Um, for people that are, do, that are safe, I think it's pretty much everybody that we've got in our top teams, right? I, I don't <laughs> think we're going to see a C tier, Ashley, a big tier. I feel like Amanda's pretty good. Corian, Casey, I, I don't see any of those top six players that we've chosen going anywhere anytime soon, right? No. I would I, I would I would add in my little third in Devin. Devin? I mean he yeah. seems like really he seems really tight, especially getting picked for his third time. So if I could just toot my own horn, Devin. My <laughs> yeah, next with, three his, are probably... with his speedo, with his skull speedo <laughs> that he had. And, and Devin, Devin is someone I feel like um, now that players such as Wes and Bananas have sort of moved on, they're really banking on Devin to take that role as someone that's going to continue to come back time after time again. He's good in confessionals. He's good at the strategy in the game. You know, um, I remember a couple of seasons ago, people said that Devin was a poor man's Wes, <laughs> um, but I do think that he's going to like he's now beaten Wes, uh, you know, out in an in a actual elimination round. So um, I do think that um, you know, good choice, and he's a he's again shown that flexibility the willingness to work with people that he was against in the previous season um also here Dolores is saying watch out for ct he is playing slow and low and that is kind of what ct does every single season and then he just gets to that point where people forget about him i don't know how it works consistently and then he bloody wins the show <laughs> i wanted to do it again just because it's like guys like figure this out like his game is pretty transparent but I want to see him win again. That'd be hilarious. Gabo's got a fan here, um, and Dan, and he says that he hope that Gabo doesn't go home next episode. I've actually really enjoyed Gabo so far as well. His naive naivetivity and the patting on the head of Nani—it's—it's uh, it's really funny to watch. And I, I want him to be wrong about the popcorn muscles. I want that to be uh, <laughs> something where he goes down there and he actually proves a few people and himself wrong. Well, hopefully it's not like a physical one because I think they made a power team of Emmy and Gabo. Like they are both physical players so i mean whoever they send in against them like pray it's not a pole wrestle or anything like that my gosh 
Yeah, yeah. Also here, um, Christina says that Corey is a good shot at coming back. He actually got an aftermath. Kels didn't. And I think that, you know, again, I could say it's the distance thing or maybe Kels wasn't that interested after leaving the show. But I do hope that they bring Kels back because I like both of them, but I really feel like Kels has got a very much potential to come back and do extremely well. And you guys correct me if I'm wrong because I know my knowledge my history of the challenge isn't as accurate always but bananas his first season wasn't he one of the Good first door. people out in that that first season as well yeah. so and he yeah, became yeah. yeah and he come he came back and became a mainstay and obviously have won more than anybody else so you know just because you're someone that goes <laughs> like out early, over a decade ago though <laughs> yeah. i don't I mean, know Cara if was 10 years way. until he's uh Cara was the same yeah yeah and Evelyn. um yeah mm-hmm. Rogan. I mean, Rogan, uh, how, Rogan went out like second or something like first. that. If I remember, he went first. out on, he on he, the Rock of Gibraltar. The, yeah, the pre the pre purge. <laughs> and then um, yeah. you could say Josh did too. Josh went out first, and then he came back. Yeah, because <laughs> and we haven't gotten rid of him yet. <laughs> <laughs> Dolores um, says that. Sorry, Dolores said here that if 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 you know, God, gosh, Gabo's got to go because he didn't even know who the handler was um, <laughs> after watching the season two or five times. Um, I thought that was really funny, to be honest. And and also, by the way, we didn't talk about this, but TJ getting out his phone when the fight was <laughs> happening, just not giving them any attention, and then having to shout at them to shut up and get back to it. I felt for TJ. He sometimes must feel like he's like a kindergarten teacher being out there with these uh, players, especially when Josh was playing. I think that because he's he's a vet, right? And so, like, all the do you notice like all the vets are just like, let these young kids have their fights. Like, we're just gonna stick, like, <laughs> just stay in the background. So he's kind of like doing the same thing. Like, oh, okay, these new kids are want to fight. Let me just text for a bit, and then like, okay, let's get this back to like on track. So yeah, I think that he doesn't really have time anymore for like <laughs> antics. He's too old. <laughs> Ashley stopping Josh, most iconic moment of the episode. It was quite funny to see, especially, you know, because Ashley can pop off as well. So <laughs> to calm somebody that's popping off, really, really funny to see. Guys, I think that's it. I think we talked about everything, unless there's anything else that you guys wanted to bring up that you feel like we missed in this episode. What a great episode and looking forward to the rest of the season. Uh, well, speaking of Ashley, I thought it was hilarious when she was just like, do not pick me. Don't yeah, pick that was me. great. Was like, oh my gosh, like, don't even like <laughs> pretend like you want to be partners with him anymore. She's like, no. So now at least she's in like a vet, vet a duo, which is great. And the other thing that we didn't really talk about was I thought it was great how Corey L went and talked to Fessy and he was trying to be like, listen, we know we're going to be the houseboat. We know we're going in there, like at least allow yes. us to have who we want. And I thought that was really good that he was at least thinking for his, you know, what would be best for him, best odds for him to potentially win with Michelle so that they both come out victorious. So I liked seeing that some action was being taken. If they were going to be going down, not that they were lying down, they're like, well, if we're going to go down there, like, how about we make a deal about this? Like, you give us what we want and we're not going to be, we're not going to be coming for you. We're not going to be mad at you. And I thought that was smart of them, even though it didn't pan out in the end. Um, it was a good effort. Yeah. And also speaking on that, Corey L mentioned in the aftermath that he actually tried to do like some, some rookie moves and try to be like, Hey, let's, let's work to throw Kyle and Amanda in like, who's with me. Uh, so if only, but it, at least he tried. I mean, we in the episode, it did seem like they were laying down and kind of like, we'll go gracefully into the elimination. But I mean, it's nice to hear that they were actually trying to do something that wasn't shown on the TV. So I, that's the kind of stuff you want to hear and you want to see. So I'm hoping, again, why 
I want to see Coriel and Michelle and more of these rookies that have gotten out that have like stood up to some of these vets to come back. Love that. All right, guys, what's happening over in the next week on your channels? Drew, I'll get to you first on the Angel Cake channel. What do you have coming up? I have More a video. Yeah, almost, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I have a video coming out this Tuesday. It's a fun one. It's I, I get to talk about clips that I haven't like featured on the channel ever. So it's really fun that I get to uh, I'm getting to put that together. And then I'm still working feverishly on uh, the car video that uh, I'm still working on. Talking about arcs, uh, that's a person and a player that it's like watching her throughout the seasons and just the way she went. I was like, that's what we're missing here. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm still, I still got power through her five straight final appearances because all those seasons are like 20 episodes long. So I'm just going to be powering through that this coming week. And uh, I'm excited, but yeah, that's what I have planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm looking forward to that so much. We're going to have to try and see if we can pull some strings and get Kara to react to that after you've uh, <laughs> done that. We'll, we'll see what we can do because I reckon I reckon that would be something that would be really cool to see. And I'm still I'm still here for a Kara return at some point. Like I would still want to see her get some redemption, to be honest. Um, and she's been her, away from the show long enough now. Polly, just not Polly. I yeah, just please. Or, or, or get get either one of them back on different seasons. But I feel like that like. They're really so tight again, like so, so tight together that if Paulie doesn't come back, I feel like Kara won't come back. And I feel like that's what's mm-hmm. prevented Kara from coming back at this point. And I don't know if that's ever going to change. And maybe we never see her come back just due to that one reason of her. I don't think she'll ever play again if Paulie doesn't get the same respect and if he doesn't come back as well. So, yeah. It's sad, I mean, but I, I, I think that's where we're at. There was a rumor that she had retired and then she said, like, no, that's not true. So I don't know why she would be like, no, that's not true. If, like, there was stipulations around whether she was going to come back and it's only if Polly can come back. And I don't think that Polly is allowed back. I feel like he's done some things that's given him a big X with the network. So, I mean, I don't mind mm. uh, Car coming back, but I, I just, I can't take Polly. I, I can't. What what did what did Paul do you know what Paulie did? Do you know what the rumors are around that? Um I, well one rumor originally was that he didn't pass the psych test test. And then I think there was a lot of threats that were happening over like drug messaging and stuff. And so yeah. um I'm not sure if there's more or less, but um yeah, I think that he rubbed the network the wrong way. Yeah. Well I hope I hope that she if she you know, ever listens to this, that she does change her mind and she, she actually does come back and play the game even without Paulie. Because I've heard her in many a podcasts say that she won't come back if he doesn't come back. So that's why I think she hasn't come back because they probably, it's probably for them, it's non negotiable. And I'd be surprised um, if she hasn't gotten some calls to come back individually since then because i really feel like you know like you said drew they've invested so much time on her at one point she was the face of the show and um you know i i if we've got other players coming back like how many times can anisa still come back you know at this point um before they need to find that other person that's going to come back so um and anisa's been pretty quiet actually this season as well which makes me a bit fearful for how far she'll go into this season as well uh chantel coming over to you what do you have coming up on your show in the next week um we're still 
what are you the question is the question is what are you not doing because you're doing so (laughs) yes um well you know what it's actually a lot more chill because love island is over so like i have a lot of my life back um so bachelor in paradise couple days a week tanya and i will talk about that obviously here with you guys on Fridays, Saturdays. I talked to Sarah from Entertainment about Survivor South Africa. Have not seen this episode yet. Going to watch it right after this. Don't spoil me. (laughs) Um, And is that it? And I'm going to be doing the live feed updates with Taryn tomorrow in the morning. So that's about it. Great to be a part-timer then. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, So... On Reality Pop, uh, I will be back. I uh, don't even want to do the time conversion right now, but 10 a.m. South African time or uh, converted to 6 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Don't know what it is in Eastern Standard Time in America. So many different time zones, but catch it afterwards. You know, if you can't watch it live, I'll be doing the next recap for Survivors of Africa uh, Immunity Island, and I will have a former runner-up of Survivors of Africa uh, as well as my guest, Amanda Hoosen, uh, will be the guest tonight. Sadly, no Riley, so it'll be me and Amanda holding the fort on this recap, and then uh, we will have on Sunday the latest evicted castaways exit interview. That was a great one as well, um, and we will then move into next week on Wednesday to do Australian Survivor, um, the final week of Australian Survivor, leading into next weekend. It will be the finale of Australian Survivor um, as well. Both Australian Survivor and Survivors of Africa kind of ending here around the same time, even though Australian Survivor started so much later because they do the three episodes a week, and then after that. I'll predominantly be yours, guys. I'll just be on the challenge recaps. Really looking forward to being a part-timer as well. Um, We'll be doing this again Friday next week at um, the same time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over in America. Um, It's been great talking to you guys. We've had a great live crowd again here. A lot of great questions being asked. Great to see you guys so active in the chat. Um, And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.